In a land that time forgot, nothing stands still. Power sets the rules, but magic bends them. Twin suns cast shadows on a fallen empire, and battles rage under the stars. From the director of the four-hour workweek comes a tale of adventure, intrigue, and ancient mysteries. The legend of Cock Punch! In the Eightfold Arena, anything can happen, and everything can change. Be the vessel that awaits the sacred. Empty yourself so that you may be filled. Seek the light and become the spark of creation. Omelian Recital Befriend the shadows so that you may stare into the sun. To see the unseen, allow yourself to disappear. The greatest ambitions need no audience. Dalamai Recital House Kaima could be the most feared house in the realm, but it isn't a simple matter. Magic seldom is. Long ago there was no House Kaima. The arcane arts dislike containers, as history often reminds us. For eons there were only the Dalamai, as some of these spellcasters are still known. In the fall of year 134 of Era Kaithan, the invading front of General Tentakis reached the gates of the Dalamai capital city of Kaima with siege engines. Kaima's spectacular libraries, cathedrals lined with endless tomes, were universally considered the seat of knowledge in the realm. In the 24 hours that followed the arrival of Tentakis, a transfer of great significance occurred. But this is where the histories diverge. The Dalamai claimed their archmages were captured and tortured, and the Alcedonians claimed that the Dalamai approached them to broker a deal. The outcome was the same. Kaima was spared, and the Alcedonians gained the recipe for Halux, the famed elixir of creative and destructive power that allowed them to vanquish their enemies and build an empire as House Halux. In the ceasefire, the Dalamai asked for one thing above all others, a small portion of their ancestral land. Even though larger and richer foreign regions were offered, they insisted on keeping what they call the Tetragon. This odd choice continues to fuel wild speculation about occult mysteries, hidden powers, and secret agendas. There are several understandable reasons for the rumour mill, First, the chosen territory is tiny and nearly devoid of natural resources. Second, it's bizarrely shaped, and the Dalamai drew the borders themselves. Third, this land abuts the Penumbra mountain range, and the entire northern half of it is consumed by its shadow when the twin suns set each evening. The Penumbra's shadow is better known as the Black Barrens, Monsters, shapeshifters, and creatures of dark magic are all said to inhabit the Penumbra and descend to the Black Barrens at night. It is the fodder of nightmares and the wandering place of the damned. No matter your power, no matter your weapons, 
it is thought to be certain death to enter it. And so nearly all Valata ask themselves, why would the Dalamai choose such a place? One can only speculate, and their documented history provides ample fuel for the fire. Once the Dalamai secured their homeland, their High Council convened a meeting, and out of it came the parting. Each citizen was presented with a choice, remain a Dalamai and inhabit the north, or become a so-called Omelian and inhabit the south. This north-south separation was entirely peaceful and completed within one week. It's commonly believed that people chose one or the other based on a schism of spiritual leadership that had been brewing for generations. House Hime has several songs that mention the separation. One recounts the Omelian choosing a new pantheon, while the Dalamai chose the old gods. Another ballad pits the chaotic power magic of the Dalamai against the crisp, pragmatic magic of the Omelian. A third has everything the other way around. So the typical fey elf trickster business, right? Partially, but it could be that so much more still remains in the dark. The self-selected Dalamai who chose the north remain the most mysterious. What could possibly be worth the nightly exposure to the Black Barons? Alas, the Dalamai themselves are of little help. They choose their words carefully, use the common tongue only when necessary, and keep to their own kind whenever possible. There is one obvious exception. They cooperate with the Omelian and fight under the banner of House Kaima, as the Omelian maintain all major infrastructure and administration in their shared territory. For those who chose the South, the payoff is much clearer. The name change to Omelian was a brilliant gambit by three notable members of the High Council, and it allowed the entire group a political rebirth. In contrast to the Dalamai, Omelian are now known realm-wide as eloquent, extroverted, and strategically brilliant. Their schooling is heavily focused on intercultural studies, diplomacy, and leadership. They learn the languages and customs of most places, which is famously applied to educating promising orphans from every corner of the latter. The Omelian Office of Immigration is relentlessly focused on recruiting foreign talent, no matter the race or location. It's true that their powers of mimicry can be used for enchantment, but people give them the benefit of the doubt. They are Valata's greatest stewards and sharers of wisdom, after all. The great capital city of Kaima sits in the centre of Omelian, and its libraries were first made open to foreigners by their High Council. Simply put, the Omelian are broadly liked. The Dalamai still face a muddled discrimination. Many people fault them, rightly or wrongly, for relinquishing the Halleck's elixir, which led directly to the reign of House Halleck. Still, others blame the Dalamai for the mysterious sleeping sickness that afflicted House Halleck, now known as the Twilight Coma. It caused the collapse of their empire and led directly to the Warring States period. 
There's no satisfying some people, and the Dalamai seem to embrace this axiom. They are disturbingly unflappable. But based on recent findings, the sleeping sickness theory is worth expanding upon. Once General Tentakis obtained the recipe for Halix, he rewarded the four Dalamai alchemists, known as the Keepers of the Halix, with execution. In doing so, he ensured that the oral transmission of the recipe would only survive in-house Halix. It worked, but the Empire building lasted only a handful of generations before the Twilight Coma brought things to a halt. New research in Kaima's libraries, each house now gets safe passage for two scholars, shows scattered evidence of a powerful order of alchemists who emerged just prior to the dawn of the Warring States period. Their name? The Keepers of the Twilight. Coincidence? Many think not. In their magical capacities, Omelians strongly prefer to be called wizards, and the Dalamai strongly prefer to be called mages. The most powerful of both are still called archmages, a vestige of their shared history. Regardless of labels, both are the most powerful wielders of magic in the realm. This is true by many orders of magnitude, and there is no close second place. They have changed the course of history multiple times, and nowhere else can so few do so much. One might rightly ask why House Kaima hasn't subjugated all of Valata using magic. They would claim that conquest is simply of no interest, and this may well be true, given their long-standing history of using incredible powers to primarily create beautiful works of art. But there are other limitations. Every child knows the fable of Midor the Mad, a sorcerer of exceptional skill and exceeding ambition who attempted more and more magic until it drove him mad. Though used by parents to teach the value of hard work over shortcuts, all members of House Kaima know that Midor isn't a fable. The tale is based on a real archmage who found an end worse than death. His story also isn't singular. There are dozens who have met similar fates. When one harnesses different planes and shifts between branching realities, the tether to concepts like self and time can become threadbare. Mild overdoses of magic produce debilitating confusion that good treatments can clear, but a true overdose leads to permanent insanity, a psyche split between worlds. The Dalamai and Ermelians have the highest magic load of the known races, but even they don't want to roll the dice by crossing into a sorcerer's spiral. Hence one of the mottos of House Kaima, to prove you're twice as good, use half as much. Brute force magic is viewed as a reckless amateur's gamble, and it carries the strictest punishment everywhere in Valata. On the other hand, what makes the professional is surgical magic, the ability to quickly invoke precise spells from an encyclopedic repertoire. A true master can conjure incredible power while absorbing minimal magic load. In magic, 
as in life, endurance matters. But in combat, magic isn't the only game in town. Members of House Kaima have the weakest physical defenses, and they are generally loath to fight outside of the great games. A blow that a Kavothian would shrug off could cripple them. Any use of further magic weakens their defensive capacity, so spellcasting is no panacea. Most members of House Kaima learn to balance a delicate scale, and the Archmages who last longest tend to be those who think hardest. But there are risk-takers among them, as boundary walkers tend not to fear the twilight between life and death as much as you, perhaps, and certainly I. If magic-wielding daredevils are willing to risk it all, they can sometimes channel things unimaginable to the rest of us. Suffice to say, no one takes House Kaima lightly.